The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who was saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, and the cistern is deep. Where then can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us his cistern and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right in saying, I do not have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you people say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand, because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And indeed the Father seeks such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one speaking with you. At that moment, his disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with a woman. But still no one said, what are you looking for? Or why are you talking with her? The woman left her water jar and went into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out of the town and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, Could someone have brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, In four months the harvest will be here? I tell you, look up and see the fields ripe for the harvest. The reaper is already receiving payment and gathering crops for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified that one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work, and you are sharing the fruits of their work. Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me everything I have done. When the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word. And they said to the woman, 
We no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Now, I know that none of us were uh, surprised by the length of that gospel passage, right? <laughs> this is on the, uh, on the third Sunday of Lent. Uh, traditionally, we, we hear this, uh, this great exchange between uh, Jesus and, and the Samaritan woman. And uh, there are so many gems in here to mine, and uh, I'm going to resist mining many of them this morning. <laughs> It's, uh, it's such a beautiful passage, and, it, and it's worth our, our time and our attention. It's worth your, your prayer, your study, your meditation, and the like. You know, even on this weekend, you know, the least of all weekends, as it were, where we lose an hour, right? It's like even this weekend, where we have less time, more time perhaps to be spent on, on meditation with the gospel passage. I want to kind of jump in the middle and just make a, make a couple of points because they're really kind of framing points that we encounter in, in the gospel passage. And uh, I would love to talk to you about this passage some other time if you would like to. Uh, so yeah, wh- what, do we, what do we see in this, in this teasing encounter with, uh, with, between Jesus and, and the Samaritan woman? Uh, what we see is uh, this, um, what Jesus wants to do not only for his people, but for the world. He wants, he wants to renew humanity. Yeah, so it's, we don't get a sense here that Jesus simply is overlooking or even blotting out this woman's sins because the, the chief frame of reference actually is not sin. And, um, and even uh, the consequences of sin, although throughout the scene, we, we see that quite readily. The issue that Jesus is driving for and the renewal that he wants to affect is renewal uh, of, the, of the deepest sort. So, so yes, even deeper than our moral performance. And that depth is, uh, depth, uh, it, it is renewal along the lines of our being image bearers of God. So there's a reason why after that exchange with Jesus where the woman is brought online with God, she doesn't simply receive water and is refreshed. She becomes a, a source or a wellspring of living water for the people, I mean, who were, who were likely condemning her, right? She, she, she becomes a, a source of living water. It's not enough simply that she, that she draws or drinks from that well. She becomes a wellspring of life. This, this can only happen when we move from uh, idolatry to worship of the true and living God. Yeah, it, it can only be when we move from idolatry to, to lives of holiness that that can happen. Right, so as, as God's image bearers, we're, we're likely, uh, sorry, we, we have the capacity, of course, to, to worship and praise God, to center our whole heart and life on, uh, on God, but uh, we sometimes don't, and, and we can go astray. 
And when we focus our, our hearts and minds on something other than the true and living God, when we center our whole life, when, uh, say, when, our, um, when the centerpiece of our identity and our life's meaning becomes something other than the true and living God and his life and mission, then we are living off course. And the effect of that idolatry of centering our hearts and lives on, on something other than the true and living God is sin. So it's, it's downstream of idolatry. And Jesus has come to deal with, again, what is at the very heart. So we've gone astray. The Samaritan woman has gone astray uh, by, uh, by her life of idolatry. And Jesus is bringing her back online by her focusing on him, the revealed Messiah at the head of God's renewal movement, he is, he is then accomplishing that work in her. So this is, this is it for us, yeah? I mean, especially in, in this holy season where, of course, we are you know, holding at bay, pushing off, and overcoming sin, we also are being called to live lives of holiness. And holiness not like this, I don't know, this, um, you know, living on some other planet kind of holiness or holiness off in the corner with my, with my hands folded and what. No, holiness centering my, my entire being on the true and living God and becoming then a wellspring of his life, especially his own life of love to the world because, his, because he wants to restore all of creation and the way that creation is restored is by those people who are animated and sustained by his own life of love, who are, an, who, who are sustained by his living water, themselves becoming wellsprings of living water for everyone they encounter. Yet this is, this is the plan that God is affecting. And it's, it's, it's not simply this, that we then are called to it, Look at, I mean, look at the exchange. It's a very lighthearted exchange between, between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Even, even in the midst of, uh, you know, uh, real difficulties, obstacles, barriers, and the, less, uh, and the rest that would otherwise um, thwart this kind of encounter. Yeah, so it's, it's a very, it's, it's heavy laden in a sense of like, oh, that shouldn't be happening. But it's also very lighthearted in terms of the twists and the turns that the, that the conversation takes and, and how Jesus really orients this, this woman to what her, to what her purpose is. Right? We, we look at that and, and we can say it's not simply then that Jesus has called you and he's called you to live a certain way and he's turning up the moral heat on your life because you're not doing it well enough. It's not simply that. That is consequent of Jesus calling you into the eternal exchange of glorifying love that is the Trinity. Right? He is loving you into life. He is giving you the, the he's, he's restoring in you the capacity to praise God in all things, to give him thanks at all times, to honor him with everything you think and say and do. He's giving you that capacity. And so we rejoice with him. Right? We praise God with, the, with, these, with these hearts that he's making new. And as we praise God here and now with the hearts that he's making new, he's also giving us the capacity to love, to love sincerely, to love well the people that he's entrusting to our care. 
Right? To, to, and yes, yes, to live, to live that good moral life that, that serves as structure and scaffolding for the life of love that he's called us into. Because we're still prone to the ways of idolatry and injustice. That's why we have the moral teaching of the church. It's so that we can stay on course and live the lives of holiness and justice that, that God has not only called us to, but that, uh, that he is making possible for us. And that here and now, as we, as we draw on uh, the living water, right, as we draw from this, this deep wellspring of God's own life of love, yes, we are, we are satisfied, our, our thirst is quenched, but now we become thirst quenchers. Now we go with uh, the grace and power that, that our Lord gives us, his own life of love poured into us. We become those who, who love the world into the restored state that God wants to achieve for all his world.